Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Broadcasting from the heart of the I Work For Him nation to Christ followers working in cities all over the United States, you've tuned into the voice of the faith and work movement. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and we're just grateful that you've tuned in today. We're hoping that when the show is over, you've walked away with something that will encourage you to more effectively, vibrantly live out your Christ faith at work. And one of the ways that you can do that, listeners, is go to our website and look at the I Work For Him Nation. This is just a list of things that God has just really revealed uh, to Jim and we share with the world to say, you know, these are some steps, a commitment that you can make that can help you in this journey of better connecting your faith and your work, living it out, the I work for him um, concept, the I work for him lifestyle in your workplace, and just making that commitment between you and the Lord. And so this is just a guide. It is a, um, a steps that really can help you on a daily basis to love on your employees and co-workers and uh, bring them to the throne. And those steps would be like starting, first of all, the first step in the I Work For Him Nation pledge, which you can get on iWorkForHim.com, is praying for your co-workers and employees by name each and every day. You'll be amazed at how that transforms your heart. Then you'll look for ways to serve your your the people you work alongside over and above how your job requires you to serve them. Then look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace because relationships at work are not relationships outside of work until you turn them into relationships outside of work. We need to develop the opportunity and the permission to be able to share our faith. And when we get people to come into our homes, it's an amazing transformation. But all along, every Christ follower who joins the I Work For Him Nation should be the best, the brightest, the most excellent worker in their position, in their workplace. Because all along, we represent Christ. So it's just one of those things. It's between you and God. It's not a club you join. Go to iWorkForHim.com. Click on the... I Work For Him Nation. Well, is that like a tab now? Um, it's under the uh, resources. Under resources, the I Work Ram Nation. Okay, today our guest Joe Battaglia from Renaissance Communication, a forty-plus year radio guy, media guy, who is now one of the premier Christian film radio connectors. So he bring get some radio exposure, but Joe Battaglia brings to this microphone expertise that these two guys. Uh, show host will never have because he's had it for 40 years and it's amazing the story of how god put him there and then showed him hey this is your mission field you're listening to i work for him as we broadcast courtesy of a partnership with god at work which you could see on god.tv or on the dish network just look for the god tv channel we're your host jim and martha brangenberg and we'll be right back Your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, hey, hey, wait a minute. Have you ever prepared yourself for your daily workplace missions trip? January of 2020, we invite you to join Martha and I on our very first I Work For Him Marketplace missions trip. The trip takes place in your workplace the last two weeks of January. Here to tell us more is Mike Henry from Follower of One. Hey, Mike, we're in the middle of the prep 
for our upcoming I Work For Him Marketplace missions trip. Those that are prepping for our trip next week, they're going to learn about serving others. How does serving others fit into prepping for the Marketplace missions trip? When we pray, often the answers look like service. So as we start praying for people, Jesus is going to put us to work. He said in Mark 10:45 that he came to serve, and that's what he asks us to do too. So as we pray for our coworkers, God will give us opportunities to serve them. Begin looking for ways to go above and beyond your job description. Some will even ask you why you're doing all this extra stuff, and that's when we get to tell them about why we follow Jesus. You can learn more and sign up for the next mission trip at MarketplaceMissionTrip.com. Thanks, Mike. To join us on our I Work For Him Marketplace Missions Trip to your workplace, go to IWorkForHim.com forward slash events. That's IWorkForHim.com forward slash events. Start 2020 with a missionary-focused, ministry-driven attitude in your workplace. iWorkRam.com forward slash events. Hey, welcome back to iWorkRam as we have today for you a phenomenal guest. You know, there are radio talk show hosts and there are radio people. Some people were born with a gift and some people like to hear themselves talk. Well, I don't know if that's me or not. Radio is a platform for all of those people. What if you're truly gifted and you're a Christian radio reformer? You want to use your natural gifting and you want to make sure Christian radio is all it's meant to be. Enter Joe Battaglia. Joe's been in journalism and radio for over 40 years and has seen it all. He has a passion for helping the small voice in the crowd to be heard and celebrated. He's been a torchbearer for many celebrated Christian films and organizations. Today's here to share just a little piece of his story as intimidating as it is to interview the best of the best in radio, Joe Battaglia, welcome to I Work For Him. Uh, Jim, I think uh, that's a bit over the top. <laughs> well, that's Jim's that's style. So. I'm just trying to pump you up so I can drop you off a I cliff. know. Well, I'll, I'll receive that and then let it go later. All right. So let's just jump into it. Mm-hmm. At what point in time in your life, you got in radio, you, you shared the last night over dinner, you got in radio in, in the late 60s and early 70s when things were really changing. But at what point in time in your life did you realize that God cared as much about your work in radio as that of the pastor in the pulpit when you realized that your workplace really was a ministry place? Yeah. Well, that's certainly a good question and one that we all should ask ourselves at least. And mine came early on that... Um, Understanding uh, that uh, God puts you in a certain land, and when you stay in that land, there is no famine. And the way he brings you into the land is not the way you would normally bring yourself. (laughs) He has a whole different methodology of working in your life than you could plan because obviously his ways are not ours. <laughs> how, how silly to even think they should be. And that's good. Yeah, and um, and so it's good to look at how your life unfolds at the time of the unfolding so that you can be still and know that he is God rather than you are. And so back when I got into radio, it was because of uh, this providential circumstance. Uh, I had graduated from college as a journalist, came back to New York, where I'm from, New York City area, North Jersey, Mm -hmm. started the first Christian magazine for New York, and then was doing that for a year, and WWDJ, our top rock station, or in my estimation, it was in New York, switches to a Christian format. Hmm. Nobody there was a believer. And so I did a story on the switch, 
brought it back to the general manager at the time, who was Jewish, a great guy, and said, oh, here's the article, published, front page, from rock to the solid rock. That was the head for it that I put. And he called me several days later and said, I want to buy you lunch, and offered me the job as their token Christian salesperson. That's how I got on the radio. <laughs> okay, that's how you got on the that's radio. Awesome. But when did you realize that God was putting you there as a minister, that that was mm-hmm. your mission field? Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, let's, let's uh, fast forward a couple years. So I'm there learning. Uh, the following year, went to the, my first National Religious Broadcasters Convention and my first Gospel Music Association event for mm-hmm. broadcasting. Mm-hmm. They had an arm called NGRS, National Gospel Radio Seminar. That was 1975, and I was me and about 20 people sitting in a room talking about a format that had no definition. And so... Um, just was intriguing and then um, on the music side as I began to hear this stuff I finally said to the general manager later a couple years later we ought to do a concert I had never produced a concert but I felt well if we're going to have this music Mm -hmm. we should promote some of the artists and so she said well just go do it I said all right I just because I've never done something before doesn't mean I cannot do it um, and so I said, okay, what place around here needs the gospel the most? So I went to, uh, this is North Jersey now. So I went to a triple X porno theater in Passaic, New Jersey, said, this place needs the gospel. So I went in to talk to the general manager of the theater and said, I'm with WWDJ. We want to do a concert here. It's Phil Keggy and the Lovin' Band, which was Phil's name of the band. He I said, never knew his band name, but I've seen Phil Keggy in concert yeah, many times. He's amazing. Yes. Uh, and the guy said, perfect. I said, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify. <clears throat> yeah, not the loving band that you might think it is. And so I explained to him what we do, because he still thought we were the rock station, uh-huh. not this Christian music talk teaching thing. And so uh, I said, uh, yeah, I'd love to do it here. Um, you can't. You got to do me a favor. You got to take out the triple X's on the marquee, and you have to take down the pictures on the walls. He agreed. We had two thousand people show up October first, nineteen seventy-seven. Two thousand oh people, word. forty-two years ago, wow. for this event. As a producer, I never sit down mm-hmm. when I go do things. So was I that after Jimi Hendrix had said that Phil Keggy yes, was the greatest guitar player? That was player? after Hendrix okay. said that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and that night proved. Uh-huh. I mean, oh, yeah. Phil was just smoking that night um, in his performance with his band. Wow. Um, and I walked around, walked backstage. All the stagehands were smoking marijuana. <laughs> and I was used to that because I went to Boston University sure. in the late 60s, early 70s. And that's the uh, preferred aroma of du jour all around Boston <laughs> University at the time. And so, but here's the kicker. And to answer your question. They were glued to that music. Mm-hmm. They could not stop talking about how wonderful it is. Who is this guy? We never heard of him. And it showed me that night, and this is what God spoke to my heart about, that this music is going to change lives. And this was 42 years ago. And I knew then that this was the land that God had given me mm-hmm. to be a part of. 
And so, um, yeah, that was the early indicator for me. And then right after Phil, I had Keith Green come in. Wow. I worked with Keith a couple times. Before he died. Before, yeah. I mean, two days before he died. I never really tell this story. He called me. Uh, See, we were really, back then, the industry was like you could hold it in your hand. Oh, yeah. There was just a few players in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And so... um, um, by 1979, I had been elected to the board of the Gospel Music Association as the first representative of contemporary Christian music. Anyway. Hmm. And so I um, worked with Keith. He called me two days before the crash because uh, Mel would call me, his wife Melody, yeah. because she was at the beginning stages of um, you know, what she was doing in helping at, um, at Last Days Ministries. Yep. Uh, women who uh, with unwanted pregnancies, mm-hmm. and so they didn't have you know homes back then. Right. They would just refer people to churches who might have people that might minister to them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she called to say, "Hey, we got a letter from somebody in North Jersey near you. Uh-huh. What church can we refer her to?" And we talked about that, and then she says, "Hey, hang on, Keith wants to say hi." And so we we talked a bit, and it was the most sober I'd ever heard him. Because Keith was really a fun guy uh, until he stepped onto the stage into his calling, and then he was amazing. Hmm. Um, but off the stage, he was just fun and engaging and, uh, and all that. And he said, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know, but you know, God has something he's doing. Or, uh, it was just really kind of different for him. Hmm. Uh, and so you get to know those people in that context. And so... Um, the more I became involved in all this, I began to see the power of what would happen when people heard this music, fell in love with it. Um, and so that's when I knew that something was, that's we had something here, but we really didn't uh, know it. You know, so at, so you have helped in so many different ways, and you've probably gotten to observe those same kind of situations in different mm-hmm. formats and see people's lives be changed by what they're experiencing. So um, fast forward to today, and what is it that God has you doing, Joe, day to day, and um, what are you seeing him do? Sure. Well, <clears throat> I became involved in the faith film side of things 17 mm-hmm. years ago uh, with the first VeggieTales movie, Jonah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, VeggieTales was a client of mine. And so um, I was helping to promote Jesus and Larry the Cucumber at the same time. You awesome. Know, really, awesome. <laughs> really kind of different. Um, and so, um, yeah, and today most, uh, well, a lot of what I do is involved in the marketing. I'm on the marketing teams um, of all the faith movies that come out. Uh, I'm retained by Sony and Pure Flix and you know, others, and we work on all these movies, and I represent the radio silo, so I do all the national Christian radio promotion uh, with my office uh, for most of the faith-based movies. And so um, there I am at the beginning stages of that industry. I was at the beginning stages of the contemporary Christian music thing, and who knew? So this is why you just step into the land that God prepares for you, because you just never know. So I do that, and then I work with Prison Fellowship. I handle their radio. Uh, Dr. Steve Brown, Key Life. Uh, I mentioned Sight mm-hmm. and Sound to you earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have our nationally syndicated radio show that we do called Keep the Faith, 
which is basically, it certainly could be the number one faith-based syndicated show in the nation with 2 million weekly cum. Wow. Uh, Cumulative or, listeners. That's cum- for those people outside yeah. of the radio. Radio slang yeah. What do people, I mean, you said uh, Keeping Faith is on uh, stations everywhere. 300 markets nationwide. What time? Is that a played at a certain time of day? No, it's a weekend show. It's a six-hour music and feature Got weekend it. show with music and whatnot. And then we just launched uh, the Daily Show uh, last year from 7 to midnight wow. daily. Uh, we launched it as a beta test. That's on, a lot of production. Five uh, yeah. hours and six hours. That's a lot of radio. Well, you know, it kind of fits in uh, somewhere. Um, and it's all in the cloud. You pull it down and you put it together. Uh, and and that show, the Daily Show, seven to midnight, became number one in Atlanta, and then so now we have a deal nationwide with Salem to syndicate that, and it's number one in Portland, and so it's growing very nicely. You poor thing, you have nothing to do. Well, then I write. <laughs> and then <laughs> you write, and then he flies so, all over the well, place. And, and I want to. I'd love to hear about your books, but I really want to ask this question. Sure. So, you know, media media gets a negative, you know. From conservatives in this country, media is constantly being pounded as as awful. You get to see a side of media that is glorifying God. Yeah. How do we as Christ followers get attached to that media where truth is truly being portrayed? Well, when you say attached, what do you connected, mean? I mean connected because there's there are now opportunities. When you got into radio, there was AM radio. Well, then FM came along. Mm-hmm. It was just coming along when you got it. Maybe New York was already there. But in the Midwest, they just... They didn't even have that on the dial yet. Now, now there's satellite radio. There's digital mm-hmm. online. There's streaming services. Sure. I mean, it's, it's okay. A, here's the you, deal. You got a minute? Go ahead. Yeah. Here's the deal. The message does not change. No. All radio is is a universal principle that God created that we have found, and the only thing that changes is the is the distribution platform. So most of us grew up on terrestrial radio. Now we have internet radio. We have satellite radio. We have digital platforms on our iPhones, right, or whatever phone you use. So the question is not what platform you use. It's what message you convey. I mean, so most radio stations, you know, stream their formats, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can get it via the internet. You can get it via your iTunes app and so forth. Mm-hmm. So... That's how that works, and so I just say, uh, don't worry about the vehicle or the, uh, you know, the platform. Be concerned about what you are communicating, and it will mm. go from there. Good You're night. listening to I Work for Him as Martha and I talk today with Joe Battaglia. Joe, you have seen radio. You've seen Christian radio really explode in this country, and you've seen it morph. I mean, it, it's so many different ways. But you also said that you like to write books, or that God writes books on your heart and you have to get them out so you can sleep at night. Talk about the la- some of the latest books you've written, because you wrote one, you said one over dinner, and I'm like, wow, now that's a catchy topic. What's God having you write about? Well, that's the other side of me, right, from the journalism side. That's when uh, you need quiet time, you write. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I've got to write. I have to have these synaptic leaps come out or else my head hurts. And so, um, yeah, the current one is called Unfriended. Finding True Community in a Disconnected Culture. And uh, so I write about the things in uh, faith and culture that bother me and that I think need somebody to help clarify if I can do that in some small way. And so it's about how we establish community on earth, which was established first in heaven. What are those things that comprise community rather than the fake community that we have sought, which creates more disconnect 
than connect. And so um, mm. that's a mouthful, I know. Uh, but I try to look at the model that Jesus came to show us, because the first community was in the heavenlies. He then translate that, translates that into community here on earth, because earth becomes the temporal training ground for the eternal. Right. And so the one thing he tells his disciples in John 17 in the high priestly prayer, he could have asked his father for anything, and what does he ask for? Unity, that they be one. Why? Because that was the way it started, and it is, in heavens. So that's his prayer, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have lost that because we have lost the understanding of what it takes to um, to really become one, because that's the genius of our nation. It's also the genius of our faith, right? Our motto, e pluribus unum, from the many one. Mm-hmm. The reality is that, as God would have it, it is... Um, the ability to be with people unlike you that creates strength. You know, God loves true diversity, not uniformity, because he cannot be uniform in anything he does because he's a creator and we don't even have two snowflakes that are alike. Right. And so the more we are with people unlike us, the better we become. The more we stay with people like us, the smaller we become. And so... I think Jesus shows a, a model of that when he approaches the woman at the well. And you just laid up a huge opportunity to take that platform into the workplace. Because if yeah, we exactly. took that mindset, it can transform workplaces, can it? That's part of the whole point of being. See, it's not just the workplace. It's the marketplace. It's a broader That's context. That's not just the marketplace. It's the workplace. It's Well, the marketplace to me is the workplace, mm-hmm. right? Because everywhere I am with people is where I am with Jesus. Hmm. And so I bring him into every environment, and therefore that environment, like the woman at the well, when you go into an environment where you're not supposed to be sometimes, or you find yourself, and many people find themselves in their workplace where they didn't think they would show up in the first place. Mm -hmm. But Jesus shows us that when you go out of your way to be with people and you intersect with them, something happens and the principle is this when we go out of the way to be with people unlike us they will go out of their way to tell people about us that is how you affect the marketplace and the workplace and any place where you show up with the one who shows you the way to be there and so you bring jesus into that and the rest will happen uh, that was a phenomenal summary. And that was from the book Unfriended, yes. right? Unfriended. I love it. Joe Battaglia. I, I, there's so much we could have talked about today, but I love the fact that you just kind of gave us a picture of what God's doing all over the country, even in northern New Jersey, where I'm from, too. Joe Battaglia, thanks for being on work for him today. Thanks, Jim, Martha. Thank <laughs> you. Make sure you check him out online. Get a copy of his book, Unfriended. Where can you get that copy? Amazon. Oh, there another another plug for Amazon. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. We'd love for you to friend us. But ultimately, I, I work, work for, for him. him. 
Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.